Good evening. Welcome to Bible class. We are starting a new book here tonight. Good evening, Melissa. You are the winner tonight. You are first. Congratulations. How you doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's exciting, right? I'm uh I feel like I'm a little behind here. I don't have them on my don't have all my stuff hooked up yet. See a couple more out there. Just switched over to the mic. Let me know if you can't hear me. Oh, beach. Yeah, that, that is tiring. Um, just sitting in the sun is tiring, even if you're not doing anything. Hi, Judy. How are you tonight? That's the spirit, Melissa. That's the spirit. I hope so. How are things uh, over there in Beaver Dam, Judy? Who else we got? A couple more out there, it looks like. Excited to be here tonight. I just finished up a Bible information class, which means we're going to have some adult confirmations next week. That's always exciting. Um, that's actually going to be a week from Wednesday, so excited for that. Um, Hello, Ron and Joan. Good evening. I'm glad to hear that, Judy. Glad to hear that. Summer's winding down for everybody here. I know uh, school is just around the corner. It's uh, that time of year. All right, I'm finally set up. Hopefully the mic is working good. Let me know if not. We're going to give it two more minutes here, and then we'll start uh, picking up a new book of the Bible tonight. I'm going to start in Proverbs. Hi, Pat. Good evening. Glad you're joining us here tonight. Yeah, Joel, it's it's fun. We're going to have to get ready to start a new one, though, because this one just wrapped up. So I always try to have one going if we can. Hi, Pam. Good evening to you as well. Uh, looks like we've got a good group here. Give it another minute or so. A, a few of our regulars haven't checked in yet. We are going to be without Phil tonight. Um, he is not going to be here and won't be able to, to post those questions for you. So um, we'll just have to uh, make do without. Joe and Marlene are here. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you guys are here too. So I'm a little curious how Proverbs is going to go. It's um, it's a little more topically all over the place compared to some of the other books, right? It jumps around a lot. And we've also got five chapters on the worksheet. So I'm a little curious how that's going to go. We'll let you guys set the pace. And if um, we get through it all, great. If not, that's fine too. Um, so we'll just see how it goes. Hi, Marge. Good evening. Glad you're here. been a while since I personally have taught through Proverbs. I don't know when the last time you all uh, read through it. Um, and I always kick myself every time I come back to it, thinking, why did it take so long to come back to it? There's just so much good stuff, practical advice for God's people. Um, hopefully you're going to find it to be fruitful and beneficial. 
All right, it looks like we're close to our usual number here, so I think we can pray. Jane, Jean, and Joan are here. Good evening to all three of you. Glad you're with us. Um, good, good to be seen. All right, let's pray, and then we will get going. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, as we start another new book of your word tonight, we ask your blessing on us as you have in the past. Lord, be with us. Bless us. Send your Holy Spirit to increase our faith. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are picking up the book of Proverbs. Um, but before we do that, there was a question last week uh, that was asked that I, I told you I'd do a little bit more looking on. And that question was, uh, who were the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Uh, the Bible, Luke tells us one of them was Cleopas. And we aren't told who the other one was. And near as I can tell from doing a little bit of reading here, um, the two most common guesses are either one of the 72 that Jesus had sent out earlier in his ministry or the wife of Cleopas. Personally, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's enough there to, to say definitively either way. And it could be something else too. Um, those are the two most common guesses. No way to say anything uh, definitively. So that's what I got on that one. And uh, thanks to Joel for reminding me um, after the fact. All right, so we are picking it up in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs, of course, written by Solomon, a, a book of wisdom based on his experience. You recall God blessed him with, with wisdom and made him the widest, wisest person ever to have lived, right? And um, he shares a lot of that wisdom with us in the book of Proverbs. All right, so I'm kind of asking general questions throughout this book. There's a lot of specific uh, points we maybe won't cover, but that's up to you guys. If there's something you want to ask about, you know, let's do it. Let's make sure we hit it. Um, we don't have to necessarily get through the sheet in one night. All right, so it tells you right off the bat, the Proverbs of Solomon, king of David, or son of David, king of Israel. Um, and he tells you what they're for. Uh, question one says, the first six verses provide a thorough understanding of what Pro Proverbs gives us. Uh, summarize the goal of this book based on these verses. So as you read verses one through six, Solomon is telling you what the purpose of this book is. How would you summarize that? I think there's a lot of different ways to say that. Um, what do you say here? How do you how do you see it? Jane says it it's it's how to live wisely. Uh, I think that's for sure true. Uh, Judy says it helps us gain wisdom and discipline and how to live our lives. So both of you talk about. Wisdom in how we live, um, absolutely. Um, and really, I think I, I, I don't. The only thing I would add to that is it's really an ongoing practice, right? It's an ongoing practice of employing this wisdom and learning about this wisdom and living accordingly. Uh, Melissa says it's to learn. Uh, it's not promises. Sometimes they see things in Proverbs repeated as promises that if you do this, then that will happen. But that's not really how Solomon sets it up here. 
Yeah, you're right, Melissa. That's a good point. That's not a do this and then this will happen. Um, but I think in in a general way, Solomon does say if we if we live according to wisdom, we will be blessed, but not necessarily a specific promises attached to that. Joanne is here. Good evening, Joanne. Um, Ron and Joan saying that they hope Jean got the Proverbs book from their church mailbox. Um, if not, it's still there, but I, I don't know the answer to that one. Marge says it's about getting wisdom and moral discipline and understanding and how to live your life the way that God wants you to live it. <laughs> uh, Judy, yeah, I, I did tend to pick on him, didn't I? Um, uh, he tends to to convey that message apart from Christ at times. Um, yeah, but that that's funny. Um Jane says, Jean got it. So uh, thank you, and I'm sure you're welcome, and glad that was facilitated there. Um, I did want to share one quick quote from Luther um, about Proverbs. Um, so you're talking about what the goal is of the book here, and I should have had it ready to go. But Luther says, um, it may properly be called a book of good works, for it teaches us how to live a good life before God. Um, anyone who intends to become righteous might well take this as a handbook or a prayer book for his daily use, read it often, and ponder his own life in it. Um, and that's kind of what I led with. Uh, um, I, I always come back to Proverbs and think, man, I, it's been too long since I've spent time in Proverbs. And Luther advocates there for a, a daily, some daily time with the book of Proverbs. And I think... Um, you can't go wrong that way. And Marlene and Joe say the most important point about that wisdom is, is fearing God. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk, actually, that's number two, the fear of the Lord in verse seven. Um, fear of the Lord is reverence, it's love, it's respect for the Lord. Why is that where wisdom begins? Question two. Why does wisdom begin with the fear of the Lord? Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So Melissa says, because the Lord is the source of all knowledge, okay, it all comes from him, right? He is true wisdom. It's the Lord who, who tells us how to live, Jane says there. Um, and, and, and just take it a step further, Okay, there's one thing I was going to say. The Meyers say that he created, he's our creator, right? He's our creator. Um, he's our provider. He's our redeemer. He's our judge. He, he's all of these things for us. Um, so certainly we need wisdom from him, right? If we're going to know him as all of these things. Um, Judy says this wisdom allows us to submit to the word. Um, absolutely. That's that's where we learn this wisdom, right? That's how we're strengthened. Um, Jane, I, yeah. Well, if you're on your phone, forget it, right? Uh, Joel says, God's word is able to make you wise unto salvation. That's where wisdom is found, right? It's, it's found in the word from the Lord. Good. And you need to start, you need to start where the source is. Um, so the fear of the Lord is the natural place for us to begin. 
Um, but you look at verse 7. There's a contrast there, right? The fear of the Lord, and then there's fools. Um, so if you're going to despise wisdom and do your own thing, God says that's that's that you're a fool. And and really the definition there of a fool, it's it's opposite of wise. Um, it's opposite of of being smart. It, it it's really to be spiritually weak, morally weak. Um, so it, right off the bat, Solomon doesn't mess around. He said, "There's there's really going to be two groups of people here. We're going to fear the Lord, or you're going to be foolish." M says, "True wisdom can't simply be gained by human effort. It comes from God. It does. And the beauty of it, uh, Pam, is that." When we ask for it, God gives it. When we ask for it and pray for it and read his word, he, he supplies it. And he wants to supply it, which is, which is wonderful. All right. Good stuff so far. There we go. Thank you, Joel. I, I, I think you were here. I don't know if you were here, Joel, when I answered the, the one from last week, if you were logged on yet. Um, but, yeah, keep I appreciated that reminder during the week. All right, so if you look at verse 8 and following, uh, wisdom has some things to say to children, and it also has some things to say to believers as they interact with unbelievers. Um, feel free to take either of those as you look at these next section of verses 8 to 19. Um, what does wisdom say to children? What does it say to believers as they interact with unbelievers? Take either one of those and, and reply, um, and we'll just kind of discuss both maybe at the same time here. Uh, what does it say to children? What does it say to believers as they interact uh, with unbelievers? And I think um, hopefully the parents are providing wisdom that God wants to share here too. But um, what does the wisdom say to children? What does it say to believers as they interact with unbelievers? So to the children, wisdom says, listen to your parents and obey them. Um, and why is that so important? Um, Melissa says our children or our parents have wisdom that we should listen to because they'll benefit us. Uh, they have experience. Um, hopefully they're godly, right? Hopefully they are serving the Lord. Um, they have a wealth of experience. I tell you, I, I'm sure you've heard it, right? Um, your dad gets smarter every every year you get older, right? Because you realize all the stuff he was telling you when you were young and didn't want to listen to. Uh, you realize really how, how smart, how much wisdom was there. Judy to the believer says here, don't get drawn into the wrong, wrong crowd. Um, don't Go along with sinners and whatever they're get, they're up to. Um, don't be dragged into it. Jane says it better than I did. Don't let sinful men entice you, and they will try often. Um, I just don't go along with them. So to children, he says, listen to your parents. To the believers, uh, watch out for those negative uh, influences. Choose your friends wisely. Right? Don't get dragged into things that you shouldn't be dragged into. Um, Anybody have a comment or, or, or question on those? If not, we can hit question four. So 
So to the end of the chapter, and again, there's a lot here. So if you have other thoughts, we'll hit them. Um, so 20 and following, wisdom is now personified. Um, so that's a literary device, right? And it, it describes wisdom in a way that it makes wisdom appear human. Um, she is seen walking in the streets and calling out in the marketplace and in the conference chamber of the city council. In other words, wherever people can be found. What warning does she give and what encouragement does she give? So this last section of chapter tw uh, 1, 20 to 33, what warning does wisdom give and what encouragement does she give? And I would say... Um, Written pretty strongly, right? I think the point is made pretty clearly. Proverbs doesn't really dance around the issue, right? I think it's pretty direct usually. Anybody have a, a thought there? What warning does wisdom give as the chapter finishes? And what encouragement does wisdom give? So Joel says to um, repent um, for delighting in mockery. Jane says, uh, well, the warning is repent or you aren't going to have your his help. Um, yeah, he's warning against what's going to happen if people continue to reject wisdom. Judy says, do not ignore or mock wisdom. Uh, so you're all saying... Um, change that course of action, right? Don't mock wisdom. Don't deny wisdom because it won't be there then to help you when you need it. So it's a warning against rejecting wisdom. And Joel says, is that a sign of our time? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure every era would say that, but, but it sure seems like people are quick to reject wisdom today, especially godly wisdom. So that's definitely the warning. Um, don't continue to reject wisdom. What's the encouragement that he gives here? Did you find it? It, it was definitely heavy on warning, but there's some good encouragement in there if anybody saw it. If you get to the end of that chapter, verse 33, Anybody have the encouragement that Solomon provides? And, and what a contrast, right? So for 10 verses, he's describing how terrible it's going to be. Calamity overtakes you. Disaster sweeps you away. Trouble overwhelms you. I won't answer, blah, and on and on it goes. And then verse 33, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Can you hear the relief there, the comfort, the sigh of relief, just the, oh, we're okay, right? Verse 33, you all have it there. Whoever listens to me will be in peace and safety. Is it that simple? Is it that simple? Listen to God's word and we'll be fine. Is it really that simple? Because that seems to be the message. Um, listen to the word, and we'll be fine. 
Is it that simple? Jane says, yes. Quickly, Jane says, yes. Anybody else? Is it that simple? Joel says, what an awesome promise. Um, yeah, fantastic, especially in the context there, right, of all the things that could possibly happen if you don't listen. So easy. Whoever listens will be at ease. Um, just awesome promise. Robert, hey, good evening. Welcome. Um, uh, yeah, feel free. Fire that question at me in email. Um, I'll be happy to answer, okay? I'm glad to see you tonight. Please, please send me that question, okay? Um, Ron and Jones say this is simple to hear, but it's hard for us prideful humans. I, I think um, in so many ways and in so many times we we get this, we appreciate this. And then there are times when we forget, right? And things get the best of us. And um, But um, Judy says, I think obey is the idea. Right, you, you hear God's word and you carry it on in your life. Um, Jesus talks about that in the New Testament too. We do struggle with it. Um, but it, it, I mean, it, almost, it can't get much simpler. I mean, how many times do we tell our kids that, by the way? Just listen and you'll be fine, right? Um, but that, again, easier said than done. All right, anybody else have a question on chapter one? Something we didn't cover, a verse, an insight, an observation. Anything you want to share from Proverbs 1 before we move to Proverbs 2? Anybody? And I, again, like I am completely fine if our pace here doesn't allow us to get through the, the worksheet. Seeing nothing, uh, we're going to flip over to Proverbs 2. And question one says, take a look at verses 1 through 4. Um, what action are we encouraged to take there in verses 1 through four and the chapter kind of gets into the moral benefits of, of wisdom. Um, and that all starts with what, if you look at verse one through four, what's the action? Um, and actually there's more than, I'm sorry, there's more than one. There's a bunch of actions there. Um, kind of all saying the same thing, but what do you see there? What is God telling us to do? Um, Jane says, the encouragement there is to search for knowledge and wisdom. Okay. Yeah. Verse four, search for it as for a hidden treasure. When I read that verse today, Jane, I thought about Luke 15, uh, the parable of the lost coin, right? Where that the lady just searches her house to get that coin. Um, that's how God says we should search for wisdom. Marge says it's listening to God. It's obeying his commands. Betelov say it's accepting his words. Joseph says the same thing. Yeah, acceptance there is one of the first actions. Uh, Judy, again, so a lot of you are talking about accepting the words. Um, why is that hard? He says, son, if you accept my words, why is that difficult? What makes it difficult for us to accept those words? Um and there's a lot of other actions. See, store up your commands, turn your ear, apply your heart, cry aloud, call out, search. I mean, there's so many actions that he gives us here. Um, 
there's some urgency in this, isn't there? There's this intense desire on God's part for you and I to find him. But why is accept, acceptance hard? Um, they don't understand. Yep. Uh, pride gets in the way. Man. Um, we don't want to be told things sometimes. And we'd rather not accept what we don't want to hear. Uh, Melissa says, sometimes the things we're asked to do are very hard. And Myers, you're right. In the world, we are told not just to accept things, right? We're told to question things. Um, and that world around us is an influence too. So so that's a huge one, right? Accepting his words. And um, I, I finished up a Bible information class tonight. Some of you heard that we're going to have adult confirmations next week. And um, that's always awesome. But I'll, I'll tell you too, in the last five years, I've had more people take the class and decide not to join because there's something that they didn't want to hear. Um, and I think in our world right now, that's more and more common. We don't want to accept what, what we don't want to hear. Joel says we're humans with limited understanding, uh, but here he gives us hope that we can gain understanding nevertheless. And, and do, doesn't it seem, Joel, that, that, that he really wants to give it, right? He really wants us to have this wisdom. Um, all right. So maybe the question for us too, then, um, you know, as you look at those first four verses, do you and I have that intense desire? I mean, there, there's some intensity to what he's describing here. Um, hopefully that's what we have for the word, right? That I think that's part of what he's encouraging us to do. All right, so we're going to look ahead then, um, verses 12 to 15 and 16 to 19. What are the two things here that wisdom guards us against? If you were to just describe maybe overall two sins that uh, wisdom guards us against. What are two sins that wisdom guards us against? Yeah, Judy, I, I think that's a good point. Um, I, I was thinking about that today. You know, what what accounts for that change? Um, yeah, and I think you're right. I think there's something to that. I think um, it happened once or twice in Beaver Dam, but um, not maybe as often. So Melissa says, I, th I think to the question here, um, what are two things that, wisdom guards us. So if one, she says, um, being swayed by wicked men. So you look at verse 12. Um, so, so I think evil wickedness, right. Um, in general are what he's warning us against. And then the, um, Jane talks about the adulterous women, right. That the idea of lust here too. So we've got evil and wickedness. We've got lust. Um, and in both cases, what does Proverbs say? Um, don't be led into those things, right? Don't follow people into those sins. Um, a lot of the trouble we get ourselves into is by the company we keep and the people that we allow to influence us. Um, following others into these sins is a source of trouble for us. You're hanging out with. Be wise who you spend your time with. 
and be wise enough to know when people are up to no good and, and want to get you caught up in it. Um, so, Melissa, I, I think to your question, it's it's about lust. Um, so verse 17 there, I, I think, um, so I took that covenant there to be a reference to um, to marriage. She left the partner of her youth, ignored the covenant she made before God. I, I took that to be the marriage covenant, um, not the, the Abraham, not his covenant. And in con a couple times in Proverbs, he'll talk about the wife of your youth, the partner of your youth. Um, and the idea is those vows that you made early shouldn't change, right? Even as we get older and things change, those vows are still those vows. All right. Uh, and you're right, Melissa, those things are often connected, right? One leads to the other. Um all right, chapter two. Uh, one other question here. Look at verse 10. Um, verse 10 says, and question's a little bit out of order. Verse 10 says, wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. What does it mean that wisdom is pleasant to the soul of one who finds her? So what does it mean for you? How does wisdom, um, how is that pleasant to your soul? And I, and I think it may be pleasant to you, but the rest of what's going on around you might be pretty unpleasant. So Judy says it brings peace. Jane says ultimately the destination, right? It leads your soul to heaven. Okay, uh, talk about that peace a little bit, Judy. What kind of peace does this wisdom bring? And anybody else out there too, What talk to me a little bit more about the pleasantness that this wisdom brings. Marge says it fills your life with joy. Yeah, joy in serving our God and pleasing him. Um, Myers talk about... Um, there's just peace in knowing we're doing the right thing, right? There's peace in knowing we're serving God. Um, Melissa talks about that too. Um, makes you feel safe, Marlene says. Yeah, and I can trust what God says to me, right? There is peace in that. There's I can relax in that. I'm confident. There's a calmness. Um, so, so even if the circumstances of your life are kind of chaotic, if you're following God's wisdom, that you you can be at peace even maybe when everything else around you isn't. Joel says, how common God's love and goodness is for those who trust when facing difficulties of any kind. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that, so we heard about that on Sunday a little bit, didn't we? Um, how worry can threaten that trust. But the more we have God's wisdom, uh, the more we'll have that peace and that trust. Good. Uh, and again, if you look at verse 21 and 22, you see the contrast throughout Proverbs. You're going to see that. Uh, for the believers, there's this. And for the unbelievers, there's this. There, It's always a stark contrast. Um, the Bible doesn't ever 
present a third option. There's believer, there's heaven, there's unbeliever, there's hell. There, there's no other group. There's no other gray area. There, there's, there's no other outcome. It's two things. Pick one, basically, is what he says. All right, we're moving to Proverbs 3. Let me know if you have other questions. So glad you've all joined us tonight. Three. So looking at verses 1 through 10, wisdom encourages us to follow her. Um, what blessings do we find when we follow wisdom? And there's a lot of them here, right? And I think it's so easy to forget this because Satan likes to dangle the prize out there in front of our eyes for whatever it is he wants us to do. And we forget about all these blessings that come with serving our Lord. Um, what are some of the blessings that he talks about here? Just, just throw one out there. We'll hit them all, I'm sure. Um, Melissa talks about a good name and a reputation. Yeah, in our day and age, by the way, that that's a pretty valuable thing because um, it's so easy to, to lose that with social media and everything else going on. Um, so that's good. But let's talk about long life and, and Jane too and the peace that comes with that. A couple others are mentioning that too. Judy's talking about the good name before God and men. Marge, that's a good one. Health and nourishment to your body. Um, there, there, there is a physical component here to Proverbs that we'll hear about. Um, wisdom for, for how to take care of yourself. So Melissa talks about straight paths. Um, direction in life. Um, I... I a lot of people, it's it's interesting to me, um, for a country that has so much, um, we in general are a people who lack purpose and direction. Um, God gives it here. And the more we find wisdom, the more we understand God's will for us, the more direction I have. And that doesn't necessarily mean I know my career or my college but it means I know how to conduct myself. It, I know how to live my life. I know how to serve my God. I know how to love my neighbor. Um, that's direction that a lot of people never really find. And uh, what a blessing that is here. Um, so I think we've hit them all. Um, yeah, I, verse 8 is interesting. Um I don't know how often I've really pondered that. But I think if we're going to live godly lives, we aren't going to be abusing our bodies. Um, we aren't perhaps going to be taking risks with our bodies. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. Um, Jane, in general, that is, that is very true, right? And I think we're always careful to avoid specific things like God doesn't say I give you this blessing specifically but he always in general says if you if you're generous with me I'm going to give you so many blessings um he doesn't necessarily name the blessing or ask us to but he does promise to send them yeah Joel I think um we don't value that gift well enough and um I think scripture often does highlight it, you know, that reputation that, for the blessing that it is. 
right. Yep, Ron and Jonah, I agree. Um, and we heard about that last Sunday with the, the rich fool, right, who stored up all those things and, and he didn't have anything for the for the next world. Um, good. Let's go to the next one here, uh, verses 11 to 18. <laughs> um, I wonder what Solomon would say if he walked into the local bookstore and saw all the self-help books. What do you think he would have thought? And I'll say I'm guilty. Um, I, I've read plenty of that stuff too. Um, and I'm not saying it's inherently wrong or bad. But what do you think Solomon's thought would have been based on what he says here, verses 11 to 18? What do you think Solomon would say? Judy says, don't lean on your own understanding. Um, that's a quote, right? That's what he says. And Jane says, well, he'd probably say all you need is the Bible, right? That's the point he's making here. There's one source, one source of wisdom, Um and certainly we want to glean and learn from other people who are wise. But but finally, in the end, the true source, the one source of wisdom is the Bible. Um, and finally, if the only self-help book I ever read is Proverbs, and I do that daily, weekly, I'm going to be okay, right? I'm going to be just fine. Um, <laughs> Marge, yeah. yeah, he would say we're all in trouble, right? Because we're not reading uh, the true source of wisdom. Yeah, well, Marlena, assuming there the Holy Spirit is the one who does produces that change um, in us. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, when most people say the power uh, is within you, they don't mean the Holy Spirit. Uh, they have a humanist approach of you can do this. It's on you. You've got this. Um the Holy Spirit, of course, in us is what produces these things. Anybody else besides Joanne lose the sound? And can you hear me now, Joanne? Anybody else lose it? Or do you still have it? Let me know. Um, again, and these are not super dynamic questions here, but... Um, Verses 21 to 26, name the blessings there. Again, another another run of blessings. Um, okay, so it looks like it's not on this end. It must be Joanne's end. Sorry about that, Joanne. Um, hopefully it comes back for you here. I have obviously no idea necessarily what's causing it. Um, hope you find it back soon. Um, all right, 21 to 26, another list of blessings. Different things that we mentioned or then we mentioned earlier, what else does God's wisdom do for us? And, and it struck me too, by the way. So you look at verse 21. Don't let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment. Um, just the verbs that Solomon uses throughout these chapters, it's kind of like keep hanging on. It's, it's continual action, right? It's daily vigilance that he's asking us here. Um, 
this search for wisdom can't be this thing that we do once in a while. Um, the way Solomon describes it, it, this needs to be a daily regimen. And um, so that just really struck me as I read through that today. So Judy says, uh, good sound sleep, uh, safety. Myers talk about safety and confidence and no fear. Um, fearless sleep, not afraid of disasters. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, the last couple of years, I think I've had more people talk about just fears about where things are going in the world. And I kind of shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, it's going to be okay, right? God, God's in control. And I, I get it. There's a lot going on in our, the last three years. It's been chaotic. Um, there's been a lot. But you and I, as God's people, we, we don't have to be afraid. And so verse 25, good, uh, really good verse there. Um, anybody else? Other blessings here? I think we probably hit, um, hit most of them. All right, the end of the chapter, 27 to 32, do not withhold good, he says. And then he goes on to talk about your neighbor. Uh, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. What does Solomon say here about how to treat our fellow man? Um, what, uh, what do you say here, or what does he say here about how to treat your fellow man? Yeah, Marlene, I think that's a good point. Um, Solomon is very earthy, right? He is, he's down to earth. He's practical. Um, he knows, he, he knows what it, what it's like to be a regular guy, right? The way he describes this, um, very applicable. I agree. Um, so Melissa says, don't withhold good when it is something you're able to do. Okay, that's that's a big one. Yeah, if you have the ability to help, don't say no. And I think it's easy for us to talk ourselves out of helping somebody else. We're also stinking busy, right? I mean, it's such an easy excuse. Ah, I got so much going on. He says, no, don't don't withhold or refuse the help if you can. Um, and then Marge has a couple more there too. Don't plot against your neighbors and don't envy them, especially... Um, if you're envying things that the Lord doesn't like. So 31, don't, don't envy the violent. God, God's not pleased by that. Why would you envy that? Right? Don't choose their ways. Um, again, look at the contrast in verse 33. Um, but he blesses the home of the righteous. That's the best insurance. Um, not saying you shouldn't have home insurance, but in a sense, what else do you need? Um, again, strong contrast here. Um, Joel says, good decisions here will have good outcomes and peaceful lives. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think in a general way, that's, that's what he's saying. Um, don't falsely accuse. Yep, Melissa, that's another good point. He says, don't falsely accuse. So love for neighbor. And um, if you follow these things, again, in general, you're going to have a fairly not easy life isn't what I want to say, but a um, peaceful, a peaceful existence. All right. Uh, let's any, anything else. Chapter three. I feel like we're moving along. Okay. Here. 
If it's too fast, let me know. Uh, if you have another question, let me know. Otherwise, we're going to hit uh, chapter four. So question one, I had you check back to Second Chronicles. I'm going to assume you did that there. Um, Pam says she loves three, five, and six. Um, I guess I'm just going to go back there. Yeah, those are... Those are so good, Pam. I, I agree. And those, that's a common uh, confirmation verse. Um, and it's so it's so hard to do because we think we know so much better. Um, but what an awesome promise that is. It, so really that what that says is get over yourself, right? And God's going to take such good care of you. Um, just awesome promise. I, yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. Anybody else speak up if there's something you notice or want to say? Um, so Solomon asked for wisdom. If you remember that, God said, I'll give you whatever you ask. And he chose wisdom, and God was pleased by that. Pam, there would be a lot worse ways to start the day than, than saying that passage and reading that passage. I agree. So Judy says, Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. He did that. Um and so then if you, so he asked for that and you look at verses five through nine, um, how did his life play out? I, I don't know that this is a great question as I look at it now. Um, not that any of them are great questions, but um, basically what I'm trying to, to get at there, how do verses five through nine describe how does Solomon's life describe the blessings of five through nine? Does that make sense? We can move on if it doesn't. And while you're thinking about that or typing out, again, if you look at verse, um, verse seven, just the value, right? Even if it costs everything you have, get understanding. Again, I can't help but think of Luke and searching for that lost coin. Um, do whatever you can to find wisdom. So Sol And this comes from a guy who had it all, right? Solomon had everything you could ever imagine and then some. And we're only in chapter four, and he has driven that point home so many times. The most valuable thing here is wisdom. So do everything you can to get it. All right, so I think we're just going to say question one here. Um, as long as Solomon, as long as Solomon cherished wisdom and held on to wisdom, he was good. Blessed, protected, exalted, honored, respected, all that stuff. Um, there were parts of his life, though, when he kind of chased some other things. Um, and uh, he talks about that later on in Ecclesiastes, which we'll probably get to before too long. But when he followed this advice and and, and cherished wisdom, as he talks about, he, he was very blessed. Uh, so number two here, the book of Proverbs contains a fair amount of repetition, uh, which we need. And so 10 to 9, repeat his warning again about 
chasing after or being drawn in by evil people. Um, and interesting how he describes the eagerness of wicked people to do what is wrong. How, how does he describe that there? And have you seen that play out uh, in your life? So especially if you're looking at verse 16 and 17, um, he's talking about the wicked and how eager they are to do evil. How does he describe that? And how have you maybe seen that play out in life as you've watched or observed people? Anybody have a thought on that one? So you look especially, verse 16. They cannot rest until they do evil. They're robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. Right? It's like they can't sleep until they've caused trouble. Um, maybe you've heard... It said about somebody, oh, he's always looking for trouble, right? And I think, um, okay, good example there. So Myers say they've seen people consumed with revenge. Okay, good. Uh, but Marlene and Joe, uh, they've got a craving to do the wrong things, and they keep doing it no matter what, uh, almost like they're hooked on it, right? Um, that desire to do um, to do evil. And you think about what Paul said in Romans, if if he as the believer is struggling and always has it, the desire to do evil, just imagine somebody without the new man in their heart, right? It's just a constant desire to do evil. Yeah, Melissa, I think that's a good, a good uh, application there. Um, just can't rest, right, until... Uh, somebody else has taken the blame or or they've done something to justify themselves. All right. Um, then I think good more good more good practical advice, number three. What parts of the body need to be guarded from doing what is evil? And then can you describe how each of those body parts might necessarily get involved into sin. Um, how about you just pick one? Pick one part of the body and then give an example of how that might be uh, led into sin. I've noticed that too, Joel, and I think, um, yeah, I think, and maybe we'll all do it at times, but it just seems like... Um, you almost need something to be unhappy about. And, and I just wonder what causes that, you know, what, where's that from? I just, um, that would seem to lack some of the peace that Solomon is talking about here. Um, but I, I think at times we all have our bouts with that for sure. So Jane gives an example of ears and listening to, ungodly talk. Yeah, I think that would be, um, ears need to be guarded for sure. Melissa says eyes. 
Um, and in your in your case, eyes on God's will, not our own will. Um, Judy's got the mouth, corrupt talk and gossip, all those things. Good, good. Pam's got a different one there with the mouth complaining rather than being thankful. Um, another good example there, Marge, that's a struggle right now for lots of people that, with the eyes. Um, another one, unkind words and profanity, gossip. So many good examples here. Um, I think the one we did maybe didn't hit. I think we got them all except maybe the feet. Um, and doesn't he say, where did it go? Uh, verse 27, and just our feet can lead us off the path, right? Our feet can lead us into trouble too. And did anybody mention the heart? Did anybody mention the heart? There it is. Thanks, Melissa. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Joel, just walk away, right? Just walk away. Um, and maybe maybe when your kids were younger and they were squabbling, you just told the one, just walk away. Um, that's so huge, the ability to walk away. Um, yes, Melissa, um, in Scripture, the heart is kind of the, that's who we are. That's our, our identity, right? The seat of our knowledge and emotions and everything, our identity. Um, so good. All good stuff there, everybody. Anything else? Chapter four. we got about five minutes left. Um, I'm thinking we'll probably quickly finish chapter five. But anybody else have anything on chapter four? Thoughts, questions, insights? Comments. Seeing none, um, chapter five, I would say is timely, but I, I'm thinking in society it's always been timely. Uh, Melissa says, let me go right back there. She's highlighted the verbs in 20. Yep. Um, they are active verbs, aren't they? And um, and they're, I'm going to assume I have to check, but I'm going to assume most of those are imperatives where God is saying, um, get to get to action. I right? do do this, do this, do this. Um, and I, yes, I think he's again uh, throughout Solomon is calling for continual vigilant action on our part. Um, this gaining wisdom thing is not something passive. Um, we are to be actively practicing this in our lives of faith. All right, so chapter five, again, timely, but I think every generation would probably say it's a timely warning. Um, so verses three to six, Solomon describes the adulterous woman. What does he say about her? And, and this, of course, is in general. What does Solomon say about the, and, and he would, he learned from experience here. Um, what does he say about her? So on the one hand, yeah, um, sweet and enticing and appealing, as you say there. Um, looks the part, right? Um, Marge says, sweet talker, but bitter in the end. Um, and really, 
it leads to as as good as things can look and sound and as good as the devil makes them really appealing um it leads to bitterness leads to death um I think dangerous is a word we'd want to use here, right? Dangerous. Uh, Pam says, stay away. Yep. Um, so as I think Joel mentioned with the last chapter, your feet, just walk away, right? Just walk away. Um, uh, so what is the first line of defense here, number two, in avoiding these kinds of temptations? Um, what's the first line of defense? Verse eight. Judy says, paths are crooked and lead to the grave. Yeah, um, these kinds of sins often lead towards um, lack of and, and perhaps loss of faith. And we sure want to watch out for that. So verse 8, what's the, what's the first line of defense? Melissa says, don't go where she is, right? Verse 8 says, keep to a path far from her. Um, walk again, walk away, physically stay away. Um, my, one of my high school teachers always said, don't play footsie with temptation, right? Get, remove yourself, get away, um, avoid, don't go near. How, how can you do that in our society? I, I think in our society, this is tougher. So how can you how can you practice verse 8 in our society? How can you coach your kids and grandkids to practice verse 8 in our society? Melissa, that's a great insight. Solomon was a child of, of this kind of relationship. Um, yeah, good point. So he's got some firsthand experience here. How can a person put this into practice? Um, in society. So Joel, good, good thought. Number one, um, pay attention, listen to what God says. Okay. So that's number one. Uh, number two. Um, so Melissa says, don't be fooling yourself. Um, <laughs> that, that's probably a, a good, that's probably a good observation, Joan. Um, we probably need to update that illustration. So Jane says, yeah, careful what you're watching on TV and movies, right? Careful what you're scrolling through on your phone uh, or on the websites. Um, choose the right company. Um, get into the word. Receive the sacrament, right? All these things are ways to practice verse 8. Uh, number three, what happens to that person? Solomon here. Um, it, he talks about you lose your strength, your health, your years, your wealth, you lose so much. Um, and, and society, of course, our media says it's fun, it's exciting, it's casual, it's private, it's adult. Um, but as you listen to Solomon, he says, you, nothing good comes from this. Um, so not teaching our kids is, isn't an option here, right? Not setting an example for our kids isn't an option here. Um, I heard on the radio this morning an athlete, and an athlete, a professional athlete, has 14 children by eight women. Um, 
that's not necessarily the um, example we're hoping to set, right? So um, Jane says, don't want to expose yourself. Yes, we did, we said that one. Be careful what you watch. Um, and then, so we're at 7.30 here. Number four, on the positive side, what does Solomon tell us to do? Verses 15 to 17. What's he saying there? Stay home and enjoy your marriage, right, is what he's saying. Um, stay home and enjoy your marriage. Anybody else? Uh, Proverbs 5 from Solomon. Anything from what we covered today in chapters 1 through 5? Absolutely, Pam and Marge. Um, enjoy life with your spouse. Be faithful. Um, be the opposite of what Solomon describes here. And you almost, I don't know if it's putting too much in his reading between the lines to say there's some regret here. Um, safe to say he has learned from, ex well, yeah, I, 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 never, I guess shouldn't have. I guess what was going through his mind, but um, Jane says, be content with your spouse, even if he goes to too many brewer games. <laughs> I'm guessing that he is at the game tonight, Jane. Um, uh, yeah. Be faithful to your spouse. Yeah. We all have, it's a blessing to have a spouse and God encourages us to be faithful to them. Good stuff tonight. Thanks for everybody. We had a, we had a few, uh, I think, new new attendees tonight here. Um, so glad glad you came out to join us. Glad everybody was here. Um, next week we're gonna hit Proverbs six through ten. Um, so feel. I hope I hope you got the sheets. I think they were all there in that email. So next week we'll get after that. Um, anybody else? Any questions? Yeah, Marlena, it sure appears that that trade affected the team, doesn't it? Um, hopefully they can get things going here. Anybody else? Otherwise, thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks for the discussion. Um, looking forward to continuing Proverbs with you next week. And a few of you had asked about my presentation, or could I do another presentation of our Greece trip? Uh, we're going to do that on Sunday the 28th between services. So um, yes, Melissa, we did send the whole book. So I think there were six worksheets. Um, so you should be good to go. Should be good to go. All right. Good night, everybody. God bless. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you next week. Hey, Joseph, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good night. Night, everybody. See ya.